Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Uh, you know, we are in the second week of December, and we are actually two weeks away, two weekends away from Christmas. How many of you love Christmas? How many of you feel like, hey, I'm getting in the mood for Christmas now? Now, I was speaking to a church member earlier before, and it was November, and I was like, oh, it's still a bit early to be celebrating Christmas, and the person's like, I love Christmas, I buy into this commercialization of Christmas, I love it, and you know, Christmas is a great time, right? Uh, it's a great time of, I don't know, how many of you have been to the Christmas markets? <laughs> some, some-ish. Uh, how many have been to Winter Wonderland? Oh, very quiet. <laughs> I asked that question in Bristol. I got more excited replies about Winter Wonderland. Whilst the people in London are like, oh, the crowds, maybe. Uh, what else about Christmas? Hot chocolate. <laughs> what else about Christmas? Holidays. I think that's the most exciting thing about Christmas. Uh, you know, one thing that always fascinated me about Christ- the whole Christmas commercialization, right, is I'm always very fascinated by these Advent calendars. I don't know why, right? It's just me um, buying into it. Uh, and I remember Gareth and Kareen one year very kindly bought us a coffee Advent calendar. Uh, so every, uh, it was for t- up from the 1st of December all the way to Christmas. So they gave us a, a little coffee one. And each day you get to pick out a coffee sachet with different notes. They tell you it's, I can't remember the notes now, but apparently it's all different notes, uh, different flavors, comes from different countries. And that's coffee and I, just something that probably fast, I got sucked into the whole <laughs> advert of it. But even I was thinking about advent, we celebrate, you know, that's a whole advent, the first, uh, the first four Sundays of Christmas, the first to the 25th. And we talk about how we have this little, you know, this day one, I get this, day two, I get this. And actually, when, we, when I think about it, actually, what's Advent? I mean, if you guys know, actually know what is Advent? Well, <laughs> besides the calendars, besides looking at maybe Fortnum and Mason's, that beautiful display, so you can see I really love Christmas. <laughs> but Advent is actually, the Latin word for it is Adventus. And it talks about the arrival of a notable person. And even I was thinking about it, even as I was praying, God, what to share today? And we celebrate Christmas. There's so much anticipation in the build-up for Christmas, isn't it? I think the anticipation is probably greater than the day itself. <laughs> if you're on, if, for me, maybe. Because on that day, I'll be like, oh, I just want to sleep. Uh, but even as the early ch- the church celebrates Christmas, it's not for the commercialization, but every Sunday, there's a lead-up. There's a, se- there's a remember, it's an anticipation um, of, of a notable person. The Latin word for Advent is Adventus, and it talks about the arrival of a notable person. And here, we not put aside the commercialization of it. We here, we, even as we get excited about Christmas, but here I wonder how many of us are anticipating, celebrating the birth of Jesus. Not just the birth, but also the fact that He came and that He is coming back again. And that's just more than that, isn't it? And I was just thinking, God, what about it? And God began to drop this word in my spirit. I want my people to also begin to prepare 
for Christmas. Not, not just prepare for Christmas, but prepare even as we enter Christmas. And you know, after Christmas, the period between Christmas and New Year is just crazy. Lots of meetups, lots of friends, and lots of fun, right? But how many of us are really preparing even ourselves for celebrating Christmas? But not just Christmas, but even to reflect on the year and to go to propel ourselves into the new year ahead with God. No, we can do that with that whole commercialization of it, but spiritually, how are we preparing ourselves? And that leads me to my message today, and God began to drop. Will you encourage my church to begin to prepare themselves for the new year ahead? Will you, no, no, let's not get caught up in the excitement. It's great to get excited like what Gareth shared last week, but also let's get excited for God. Let us prepare for God, even as people, even, yeah, so let's, that, that, I just want to begin to encourage you with that word this morning. Amen? Amen. So even as we're talking about Christmas again, right? One thing about Christmas is about, what always comes to mind is parties. Yeah. And how many of you have your Christmas dues yeah. at office, in the halls, with people? How many of you love Christmas parties? <laughs> See lots of introverts in the room. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of big Christmas parties. I'm thinking of ways to escape mine this Thursday or make an early escape. But we love parties maybe when it's a gathering of people we love and care about. That's what it is, isn't it? And that brings me to my topic. I talk about parties and my topic for today is called RSVP. How many of you know what it means? There, right? I can't pronounce it. I tried, but I'm probably going to butcher it. So I'm going to get Rora to come pronounce it in beautiful French. Because <laughs> she goes to France very often for work. So I will get us, I will ask her to pronounce it. Go for it, Rora. Okay. Responde, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> Sounds better coming from her, right? For me, it's going to sound like oh, a Chinese person speaking. <laughs> but the word for it means please. Respond. Yeah. You know, whenever we're invited to a party, there is a response that must be given. You know, whenever you get a wedding card that is at the back, please RSVP. And God is asking us today, would we respond? And talking about parties, Jesus loved a big party. You know, and that's where we thought we want to go to the scripture for today, which is in Luke chapter 14, verse 15 to 24. So you guys can turn there. Give me a shout when you guys are there. Getting there? <laughs> you guys are there? Amen? Cool. Let's all read God's word together. I'm just going to read from the screen. It says here, it's the parable of the great supper. Now when, verse 15, reading from verse 15, it says this. Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Verse 16, then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servants at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Verse 19, another one said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. 
verse 20, still another said, I have buried a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to the master, to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said to him, Master, it is done as you commanded, and there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of these men who were invited shall test my supper. Amen. Amen. Let's just take some time. Maybe I'll give you 10 seconds just to digest all that you have read. Cool. So how many of you, when you read this parable, even as the master had... Here talks about the master throwing a great party. You know, it's not just, uh, oh, come to my house, by the way. I just want you guys to come over. But there was a lot. Of, it was, you can tell, it was a very rich man probably. And he was throwing a great, great party, a great banquet. And, invite, and the Bible says that invited many people to come. Now, that brings me to my first point today, which says the invitation. Here it talks, like I said, here, if you read through the parable, let's read it with more imagination, right? Imagine there's this really rich guy. Um, maybe the, let's think in London, maybe, I don't know, some really rich tycoon, the king. He's inviting, he's trying a big party, and he's inviting not just the, the rich and all that, but he's fighting lots of people, come, come to my party. And that's the party, that's the sense of vibe that I'm getting from this parable. And here there's an invitation, that has gone out to many people. No, even I was thinking about invitation, an invitation is just one part of setting up a scene for a party, isn't it? How many of you know there's lots of things to do in the background? You know, uh, me and Pastor Dave were saying that uh, Gareth was talking about getting married and then have preparing for a wedding, right? And even when we were preparing for a wedding, there's so much to do. You know, you prepare the guest list. And you, we spend like hours and days like, who do we invite? Uh, that lots of thought that goes into that guest list, right? And not just the guest list, like, you'd be like, oh, where, table sitting, who's going to suit each other person? Those of you who are newly engaged can, can uh, congratulations, uh, <laughs> can understand. But you're like, oh, how, who, who sits where and which family and who gets the honor table and all that, right? And not just that, you'd be like, oh, what? Feast should I serve my guests? You know, I remember when me and Pastor Dave, we would go to different hotels and different restaurants and look through the different menus and we we're like, oh, we want to serve our guests the best. Oh, I don't like this dish. Oh, can I switch it? Oh, I, well, for us, maybe for us, maybe I was more particular. Just one thing that I didn't like, I'm like, oh, let's go to somewhere else. And I wanted my guests to be able to enjoy it. Yeah. And part of the invitation is there's so much preparation that goes behind the scenes, isn't it? Many of us, when we go for, let's say, a banquet, we just come. But we don't realize the preparation that goes behind this. And even as you read through this parable today, here it talks about the master throwing a banquet. And in olden, in those times, it wasn't as easy as, hey, restaurant A, I would like to invite 200 people. Here's, some, here's my deposit. I will pay you 20% by month 6, 90% by month 8, and 10% before the event begins. And please prepare the feast. No, it's not just that. It's not just well, order. But in the olden times, there was a lot of preparations that went to it. You know, we learn about 
you know, that's the, that's the, the meat, the meat. It wasn't just call someone. No, it was probably from their own produce, choosing the best fatted calf. You're like, oh, which one should I choose? Maybe there have been preparations before. Maybe the best um, dry goods, maybe the best vegetables, the best wine. There's been so much preparation going behind it. And many of you who have planned a party will probably know bits and sorts and how much preparation that goes behind it. But I imagine if you're doing it on your own, catering for a big banquet, oh my gosh, can you imagine the amount of preparation that goes behind this? And here, Jesus here is talking about even the parables. Like here, Jesus is inviting all of us here to come to that party. You know, Gareth last week shared, let's get excited. And he shared about what are the different things about God that we can get excited about. He shared about how God is our comforter. He shared God how God loves us unconditionally. And of those of, for those of you who are at home that day, you learn that God, and even as Noel and Ali shared, God is with us. Amen? But how many of you know that God didn't, that just didn't happen just like that? You know, there was a lot of God had prepared that, that benefits that we can enjoy, that invitation has been planned by God many thousands of years in the making. You know, if you read through scripture, it talks about how Jesus had fulfilled, when Jesus came, he fulfilled many of the prophecies in the Old Testament. Scholars believe it's about 350 to 400 prophecies that he, um, he fulfilled. Sorry, my brain. <laughs> I said satisfied, but something doesn't sound right. <laughs> and here I want to begin to draw, just help, you know some of the scriptures that I found was, here even scripture began to prophesy, had prophes- even the Old Testament had prophesied about the birth of Jesus. You know, he, the scripture had prophesied in the Old Testament that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, reading Micah verse 5 to 2. It says that, but you, Bethlehem, something I cannot pronounce, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler in Israel, where goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Talks about how even scripture had prophesied Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. The next one talks about how Jesus would speak in parables. And here we are today learning about a parable. And in Psalms it says that, well, I will open my mouth in the parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. And the next one talks about um, Jesus would be pierced. It talks even, prophet, the Old Testament even prophesied about the death of Jesus, how Jesus would die in Zechariah 12, verse 10. It says that, And I will pour out on the house of David, on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the scripture of grace and supplication. Then they will look unto me whom they pierce. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Wow, can you just, it's just a sampling that I have picked for you that how Old Testament, the Old Testament has prophesied about the life of Jesus. And I did a bit more digging. You know, the time in between the Old Testament, which last and New Testament, was 400 years. And I, the, the Old Testament spent much longer than that. So imagine, can you imagine God had been planning for God to be with us? We learn at home that we just like, oh, God is with us. But God had been planning for God, for Jesus, for Him, Emmanuel, to be with us from time memorial. Can you imagine the power in that, that preparation? Maybe a party would just take a year. But God had been planning this thousand of years that Jesus would come. And when through Jesus, we can enjoy all the different benefits, all the different hopes and promises that He, he promises. 
And today the invitation is to us again. You know, maybe some of us through the year, like maybe, maybe different things have happened. Maybe like Noel's shared, maybe some of our dreams feel, oh God, where are you? But that doesn't change the fact that his invitation is still open. His invitation is still here today. And today, we would just, and God was saying that, you know, will you begin, to, he invites you to come and feast with him. Come and have that party with him. You know, we love Christmas dinners. We love, maybe not Christmas dinners, but we love a, we good, we love a good meal, right? <laughs> and here God says, come, smell the fresh bread of my word. Yeah. Come, it's a bit punny, but come and dine with the hot cross of my bun. <laughs> a bun, hot cross bun, sorry, not my bun. Slattered, slattered with the butter of his goodness. And no, let's not talk about the best turkey, not talk about the best Kobe beef at A5. But God says the fatted calf is filled with his A5s, abundance, anointing, uh, awesomeness. You know, God talks about that awesome A, and then he gives you a gravy of his unfailing love. Wondering, where's the vegetables? Uh, Pastor Dave helped me with this. He said, peace. Got it? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Gareth will be proud, I think. Because <laughs> of you who do not love Gareth, Gareth is not well today. I'll give him a prayer, but Gareth loves his puns. And that's the blessing, that's the invitation that God has sent out. And that's the parable that he, we are learning today. Even as we talk about Christmas, but that again, God lays out that invitation. And it's not when we learn, I'd say about Advent calendars, it's just one, two, three, four, and for 24 days, right? But God says this is not just a feast for Christmas. This is a feast for you, 365 days a week, 24 hours a day. And the invitation is there. Amen? So, of course, after the invitation has gone out to people, next line we learn about the response. And how many of you know when you read the response, there were some rejections? So maybe we can go back to those verses again. Sorry. We can go back to Luke chapter 14, verse 14 again. 19, sorry. Yeah, there you go. We're reading from verse 16, the three, there were the excuses that came coming. It says that one man came and said that, hey, I bought a ground, I bought a property, I must go and inspect it. The next one, it says that I bought some oxen, I bought some cow to work my land, I need to go and test it. Another said, actually, I just got a married master, host, don't think I can come, I need to go back and see my wife. Then those are the invitations that have gone out. And these are the responses. I won't go into detail each what it represents, but I want to talk about what collectively it might represent. The first one, it talks about a broken promise. Wow. Here, the, if you look at, if you read back olden days, how they do their invitation, it wasn't one invitation. You know, RSVP wasn't just one time. They will go, they will, the host, let's say he wants to throw a great party, right? He'll go to Rora, for example. Rora, 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 I'm going to throw a party on... Let's say five months' time. Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? I want to invite you. And Rora will be RSVP. <laughs> Rora will RSVP. And then, the, the, and then he'll get all the different RSVPs. That's what we do with a party, right? And then, how many of you actually check again whether the person is coming? But here it talks in the parable, the servant went out again to say, tell the servant went out to the people who have RSVP, yeah. 
saying, hey, come, supper is ready. So in essence, there were two, there were two sort of, hey, confirmation, so to say. And how many, if you read the response, basically, is this person say, hey, I know I always repeat, but I'm not coming. How many of us have done that to a friend before? Oh, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. I will raise my hand. I've probably done it before. I hope for valid excuses. I'm sorry if I've done it to you. But how many of you have been on the receiving end of someone cancelling on you? How many of you have done it before? Ouch, right? Maybe some of you have prepared a feast or prepared something for that person in mind. Person last minute said, Jay, Rora, sorry, I know you made the best roast potatoes. I know you went out to source the good olive oil, but I'm not coming. How many of you have done it before, actually? And for those of you who have been the receiving end of it, it was an ouch. It wasn't angry, but it was like, oh, but I prepared this. That was that disappointment. Maybe, maybe anger, I would be angry. Maybe some of you are kinder and more angelic than me. But, or maybe some of you would be like, oh, a bit hurt. Can you imagine how God feels? And today I was just reminded, how many of us have made promises maybe to God? Or maybe we have said, God, I'll do something. But maybe year end come, we look back and have we kept that word to God? I know, painful. Maybe for me, I was like, oh God, at the beginning of the year, I said, every year we say, God, I want to read more of your word. <laughs> and I look back this year, did I? If I was honest, no. Just life caught, it's not an excuse, but maybe I just got busy. <laughs> or different things came to place. Or maybe we're so used to just lip service with God. God, I, I promise I'll do this to you for you. But not realizing actually there is so much power in that promise with God. And today, I, I'm not here to make everyone feel ouch, right? But even as we enter the year, can I ask that you even enter the year knowing like, God, don't, you know, let's not give lip service to God for the sake of it. But even if there are things we promise, let's try our best at least to keep those promises to the Lord or at least honour the Lord because there's a sacredness to it. And I'm not sure, maybe the world we live in sometimes, we, you know, maybe we'll, like, we'll say the Christian, I'll pray about it. I'll think about it. Normally that's no, right? But how many of us do that with God sometimes? We bring that mentality with God. Or maybe some of us, I was like, oh, we made promises to God many years ago. But we just, hmm, God, I've got my thing now. Don't really need to keep that promise. You're good, right? But how many of you, that, that's that. But if only you knew that how much God has, as we know, we learned that God prepared that banquet for us in preparation that has kickstarted so many years, thousands of years ago. Can we, like, oh, is that that, word, is that that promise we need to fulfill? Not here to be legalistic, but it because of His love for us, first of all. Amen? The second point is this. The excuses represented a lack of priority. Here it talks about, if you look at it, it says one of them said, hey, I bought a new house. Mm, your fees is probably not as important. I need to see my house. Maybe some of that represents some of the material things that we're chasing today. Not that it's wrong, but maybe that has taken priority in our hearts. Maybe some of it, the ox, ox people bought ox in the old um, period in, in those times was to work the land, right? Maybe some of us, we got caught up in the studies. 
oh, I need to get that internship. You know, I need to do that networking. Maybe for those who are first who are working, maybe just career have come in the way of the Lord. And the last one talks about, hey, I just got married. I need to go see my wife. I need to go home to be my wife. Maybe some of us even, certain relationships have come in and taken God's place. And I just want, and it, it hurts, right? It hurts. It was ouch moment. I remember this, like, it brought me back to, you know, when I was younger, my grandma used to stay with us and she cooked for us every meal. And when I was younger, I used to be like, ah, my grandma's so boring your food. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Sorry. But maybe those of you who have your moms who cook or grab your people who cook for you, please appreciate them. You don't know how much work goes into it. And I remember she cooks and I sometimes in my horrible, horrible teenage years, I'll come back and I said, actually, I'm not eating. I'm going out. But I remember, I remember that face. She's like, oh, okay. But she'd be like, kindly like, it's okay. Go, go, go. But I, well, me, it was like, well, my priority was not honoring my grandma and eating at home. But I wanted to go and play with my friends. And maybe some of us overnight things, these things, whether material wealth, whether things of this world, whether our career, whether just chasing things, our own dreams, whether maybe it's even a relationship, while good, have taken God's priority in our lives. And maybe even as I said, even as this time of Christmas, season of Christmas, let's reflect and ask God, God, help me to rearrange it. Help me to arrange it. And the last point is this. These rejections, these responses are actually excuses. If you read through, and you know when I read through these excuses, right? The first one we talk about how this guy said, I brought a property. Sounds quite valid in that sense, if you get what I mean. The other one said, oh, I need to test my ox, my cow that I just bought. The other one just said, oh, I just got married. Actually, I need to go with my, my wife, you know. We're just newly married, you know. You know? Sounds valid, right? On the face of it. But actually, if you dig deeper, it's quite lack of battle it. Silly, quite lame. Who buys a house? Maybe, well, maybe some people do. Who buys a house without seeing it? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You will at least go and see it. Even for those of you who are renting, yeah. you will go actually, oh, I need to make sure it's a decent house. Yeah. Yeah. Or even after you've seen the house, you get lawyers, there's further due diligence that needs to be done. Yeah. And here it talks about the ox. The ox in those times didn't come by lorry or a truck. The ox probably was herded there. Probably the ox might be tired. <laughs> and you want to go back and test it again? Yeah. And the next one is, you just got married. Okay, yeah, great. I know, I know. We, uh, yeah, but <laughs> can't you bring your wife along? It was a great banquet. Yeah. And on the face of it, when I first read it, without looking into it, I was like, yeah, okay, I kind of get it. <laughs> but until I started reading it more, I'm like, actually, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. This is quite lame, yeah. in essence. <laughs> right? And sometimes, and if you read the order of it, if you go back again, sorry, Rachel. Um, the next one, the next, verse 19, it says, verse 18, it says, the person said, please excuse me. I asked you, you to have me excuse. Uh, the message paraphrases, please send my regrets. Mm. Modern day language. Verse 20, it says, verse 19, it begins to say, I asked to have you ex excuse. But if you realize in verse 20, it says, I just got married, I can't come. No regrets. No, please excuse me. The, the excuse got progressively more rude even. And I wonder, like, not just, again, not shaming everyone, not condemning everyone. Maybe some of us have given excuses to not responding to God. 
Maybe you're like, oh, actually, you know, those things you talk about, pastor care, priority. Maybe, no, I'm not really, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. But maybe, I'm, maybe there are different excuses in our life that we have given. I have given those excuses and on the face of it, God sounds correct. <laughs> sounds purely justified. And I can even tell my friends and tell Pastor Dave, no, I cannot tell him. He will probably <laughs> see through it. <laughs> but on the face of it, we can even lie to ourselves and think, God, that's justified, right? It's a very justifiable excuse. But actually, deep down, we know actually it doesn't make sense. Deep down, we know it's actually, if I want to use a, excuse my language, quite lame excuse. And how many of us here have been making excuses this year for not responding to God? We, we tell our friends in the hope of it getting better, maybe. But actually, deep down, we know it's just an excuse. Deep down, we know we can, it, it's, it was, it's not valid. And I pray again, as I said this year, it's not meant to make us feel bad. I know this is a hitting message, but it's for us to reflect and go next year, go reflect and go into next year even better. Amen? And the last point is this. The party must still go on, right? <laughs> the party. Here he says that the master, after these three people responded, the master went back to the servant and said, hey, no, please go out and invite more people. Invite the poor, the lame, the crippled, those who have been beaten down. Come, ask them to come. And sometimes we look at this and at first read, I'm like, oh, how come these people were not invited? But actually, if you read the first verses, uh, the earlier part of the parable, it just says, God says he invited many. Who's not to say these people, the, the, the downtrodden, were not invited, right? And then he says that even more, he says, and maybe he didn't even know these people, but he said, come, 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 I want to treat you to a feast. And there's still more room. And he says, oh, go out more and get more people in. And God, that, that reflects God's heart for us. Maybe today, um, how, maybe today you feel broken. Maybe you make those excuses, not anything, but because you've just been broken. <laughs> you feel like lame, I'm barely walking. <laughs> Blind, you feel like, oh God, I can't see you. Or maybe you feel like, oh, defeated. Maybe different things have come to your life and you feel that you can't face God. And sometimes with us humans, we feel like we don't want to go to God as well as because we truly cannot understand how good God is. We feel that there's always something we must do to atone God's work, good goodness. You know, like an invitation. Today, if I invite you out for a meal, I said, let's say, Pastor Nikki, I want to bring you out for a great meal. The best Michelin star restaurant. The festive tasting chef table menu. If I ask all of you to come, you'll be like, oh, what is it that she wants? <laughs> Or we will feel bad, right? We'll feel like, maybe I bring Pastor Nikki out and it's a great meal. But many of us on the human side will feel like, oh, she brought me out for a great meal. I feel like I need to do something back for her. And many of us sometimes cannot truly understand how God can truly just give us a banquet free of charge. And maybe that's why sometimes when we, maybe we are just, we feel like, God, I can't respond because of different things in my life. And God just say, come, respond. No, I've been there before where I feel like, God, oh, what's this? I feel like I can't come to you. I feel like I should be better. Uh, I feel like sometimes I can, I'm, I'm crippling, I'm crippled, I'm barely just getting through each day, uh, each week. But God comes to you again and say, please come. God's heart for us is to please come. However you're feeling, maybe this year you feel, 
oh God, I know I haven't been coming to church. I know I should have been coming, but I haven't been. But God say again, please come. Or maybe that sin, that thing that you've been grappling, an addiction that you've been wrestling with, and you know that you should let it go, but you can't. But God, and you feel so ashamed to face God. And God say, please come. Or maybe things that you're still wrestling with God, and you feel like, God, I don't really, I'm just really angry. I don't understand the feelings that I'm going through. But God say, please come. And that's his heart, even as we read through this parable. And sometimes, you know, I just want to add with this, right? When we talk about a party, yeah. for me at least, when I think of party, I don't like big parties, <laughs> as you can tell. Uh, but I feel like because when I go for big parties, I don't get to talk to people much. Yeah. You know, it's like, hi, five minutes. And then you go to the next person, ah, five minutes. Okay, that's Noelle, because she's the extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like sitting with one corner, I'll be like, but you know, many of us like that intimate setting because we get to connect. And even in this master, he, well, Jesus wants a big party, but Jesus desires to sit down and commune with you at that party. Jesus desires to sit one-on-one with you at that party. You know, if you read through the party, Jesus, in his time on earth, you know, his first miracle was at a wedding. <laughs> but Jesus sat with sinners, at his tables, at tables. He ate with his disciples all the time. And what was the most thing that struck to me, the, even his, the last supper before he was crucified, there was Jesus sitting at the table with his disciples. And Jesus wants that with you. He wants to sit one-on-one with you. You know, in the last supper, I was reading a little bit, we won't go into it, but we don't have, uh, yeah, I think he talks about how Jesus and his disciples reclined. <laughs> talks about a place of comfort, familiarity, of intimacy with one another. talks about how Jesus broke bread and he um, broke, uh, passed the cup together. You know, when we eat together, there's a certain sense of, hmm, okay, we're a bit close now. <laughs> there's a certain sense of intimacy again. Jesus at the Last Supper washed his feet of his disciples talks about how Jesus wants to come and sit in with us and redeem us again and wash us clean even though we might not feel worthy at all. And that's the Jesus, that's the God we serve today. And I wonder even if we, even as we end this year, you know, what our response would be. Have we, are there excuses that we've been putting to God? Are there priorities that have taken place of Him? Or have there been broken promises that God wants? Hey, it's okay, I don't hold it against you. But maybe we know ourselves. No, can I just invite the worship team up even as we take some time to reflect? Or maybe that's, maybe you've been the one that's feeling, oh, I'm the one that, you know, the parable talks about the lame, the crippled. Maybe that's me, (laughs) maybe that's you. And you feel like you're not even worthy to be invited at all. But God, the master goes out, sends his servants out and invite them back in. The last verse in verse 24, he says the word there is compel. He says, please compel them to come back. Compel is a much stronger word, you know, if you go back. and It's almost like, come, come, like, ah, oh, come. <laughs> and that's God's heart for you. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, 
Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.